Young Folks Treasury, Volume Three, edited by Hamilton Wright, maybe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Section Fifty Two, Eyes and No Eyes, or The Art of Seeing, by John Aiken and Mrs. Barbeau. Well, Robert, where have you been walking this afternoon? Said Mr. Andrews to one of his pupils at the close of a holiday. I have been, sir, to Broomheath, and so round by the windmill, upon Camp Mount, and home through the meadows by the riverside. Well, that is a pleasant round. I thought it very dull, sir. I scarcely met with a single person. I had rather by half have gone along the turnpike road. Why, if seeing men and horses is your object, you would indeed be better entertained on the high road. But did you see William? We set out together, but he lagged behind in the lane, so I walked on and left him that was a pity he would have been company for you oh he is so tedious always stopping to look at this thing and that i had rather walk alone i dare say he has not got home yet here he comes well william where have you been oh sir the pleasantest walk i went all over broomheath and so up to the mill at the top of the hill and then down among the green meadows by the side of the river why that is just the round robert has been taking and he complains of its dullness and prefers the high road i wonder at that i am sure i hardly took a step that did not delight me and i have brought home my handkerchief full of curiosities suppose then you give us some account of what amused you so much i fancy it will be as new to robert as to me i will sir the lane leading to the heath you know is close and sandy so i did not mind it much but made the best of my way however i spied a curious thing enough in the hedge it was an old crab-tree out of which grew a great bunch of something green quite different from the tree itself here is a branch of it ah this is mistletoe a plant of great fame for the use made of it by the druids of old in their religious rites and incantations it bears a very slimy white berry of which bird-lime may be made whence its latin name of viscous it is one of those plants which do not grow in the ground by a root of their own, but fix themselves upon other plants, whence they have been humorously styled parasitical, as being hangers-on or dependents. It was the mistletoe of the oak that the druids particularly honoured. A little further on I saw a green woodpecker fly to a tree, and run up the trunk like a cat. That was to seek for insects in the bark on which they live. They bore holes with their strong bills for that purpose, and do much damage to the trees by it what beautiful birds they are yes they have been called from their colour and size the english parrot when i got upon the open heath how charming it was the air seemed so fresh and the prospect on every side so free and unbounded then it was all covered with gay flowers many of which i had never observed before there were at least three kinds of heath i have got them in my handkerchief here and gorse and broom and bell-flower and many others of all colours that i will beg you presently to tell me the names of that i will readily i saw too several birds that were new to me there was a pretty greyish one of the size of a lark that was hopping about some great stones and when he flew he showed a great deal of white above his tail that was a wheatier they are reckoned very delicious birds to eat and frequent the open downs in sussex and some other countries in great numbers there was a flock of lapwings upon a marshy part of the heath that amused me much as i came near them some of them kept flying round and round just over my head and crying pewit so distinctly that one might fancy they almost spoke i thought i should have caught one of them for he flew as if one of his wings was broken and often tumbled close to the ground but as i came near he always made shift to get away 
ha ha you were finely taken in then that was all an artifice of the birds to entice you away from its nest for they build upon the bare ground and their nests would easily be observed did they not draw off the attention of intruders by their loud cries and counterfeit lameness i wish i had known that for he led me a long chase often over shoes and water however it was the cause of my falling in with an old man and a boy who were cutting and piling up turf for fuel and i had a good deal of talk with them about the manner of preparing the turf and the price it sells at they gave me too a creature i never saw before a young viper which they had just killed together with its dam i have seen several common snakes but this is thicker in proportion and of a darker colour than they are true vipers frequent those turfy bog grounds pretty much and i have known several turf cutters bitten by them they are very venomous are they not enough so to make their wounds painful and dangerous though they seldom prove fatal well i then took my course up to the windmill on the mount i climbed up the steps of the mill in order to get a better view of the country round what an extensive prospect i counted fifteen church steeples and i saw several gentlemen's houses peeping out from midst of green woods and plantations and i could trace the windings of the river all along the low grounds till it was lost behind a ridge of hills but i'll tell you what i mean to do sir if you will give me leave what is that i will go again and take with me carrie's county map by which i shall probably be able to make out most of the places you shall have it and i will go with you and take my pocket spying glass i shall be very glad of that well a thought struck me that as the hill is called camp mount there might probably be some remains of ditches and mounds with which i have read that camps were surrounded and i really believe i discovered something of that sort running round one side of the mount very likely you might i know antiquaries have described such remains as existing there which some suppose to be roman others danish we will examine them further when we go from the hill i went straight down to the meadows below and walked on the side of a brook that runs into the river it was all bordered with reeds and flags and tall flowering plants quite different from those i had seen on the heath as i was getting down the bank to reach one of them i heard something plunge into the water near me it was a large water rat and i saw it swim over to the other side and go into its hole there were a great many large dragonflies all about the stream i caught one of the finest and have got him here in a leaf but how i longed to catch a bird that i saw hovering over the water and every now and then darting down into it it was all over a mixture of the most beautiful green and blue with some orange colour it was somewhat less than a thrush and had a large head and bill and a short tail i can tell you what that bird was a kingfisher the celebrated halcyon of the ancients about which so many tales are told it lives on fish which it catches in the manner you saw it builds in holes in the bank and is a shy retired bird never to be seen far from the stream where it inhabits i must try to get another sight at him for i never saw a bird that pleased me so much well i followed this little brook till it entered the river then i took the path that runs along the bank on the opposite side i observed several little birds running along the shore and making a piping noise they were brown and white and about as big as a snipe i suppose they were sandpipers one of the numerous family of birds that get their living by wading among the shallows and picking up worms and insects there were a great many swallows too sporting upon the surface of the water that entertained me with their motions sometimes they dashed into the stream sometimes they pursued one another so quickly that the eye could scarcely follow them in one place where a high steep sandbank rose directly above the river i observed many of them go in and out of holes which with the bank was bored full those were the sand martins the smallest of our species of swallows they are of a mouse colour above and white beneath 
they make their nests and bring up their young in these holes which run a great depth and by their situation are secure from all plunderers a little farther i saw a man in a boat who was catching eels in an odd way he had a long pole with a broad iron prong at the end just like neptune's trident only there were five instead of three this he pulled straight down among the mud in the deepest part of the river and fetched up the eels sticking between the prongs i have seen this method it is called spearing of eels while i was looking at him a heron came flying over my head with his large flagging wings he lit in the next turn of the river and i crept softly behind the bank to watch his motions he had waded into the water as far as his long legs would carry him and was standing with his neck drawn in looking intently on the stream presently he darted his long bill as quick as lightning into the water and drew out a fish which he swallowed i saw him catch another in the same manner he then took alarm at some noise I made, and flew away slowly to a wood at some distance where he settled. Probably his nest was there, for herons build upon the loftiest trees they can find, and sometimes in society together like rooks. Formerly, when these birds were valued for the amusement of hawking, many gentlemen had their heronries, and a few are still remaining. I think they are the largest wild birds we have. They are of a great length and spread of wing, but their bodies are comparatively small. I then turned homeward across the meadows, where I stopped a while to look at a large flock of starlings which had kept flying about at no great distance. I could not tell at first what to make of them, for they rose altogether from the ground, as thick as a swarm of bees, and formed themselves into a kind of black cloud hovering over the field. After taking a short round they settled again, and presently rose again in the same manner. I dare say there were hundreds of them perhaps so for in the fenny countries their flocks are so numerous as to break down whole acres of reeds by settling on them this disposition of starlings to fly in close swarms was remarked even by homer who compares the foe flying from one of his heroes to a cloud of starlings retiring dismayed at the approach of a hawk after i had left the meadows i crossed the cornfields and got to the high field next to our house just as the sun was setting and i stood looking at it till it was quite lost what a glorious sight the clouds were tinged with purple and crimson and yellow of all shades and hues and the clear sky varied from blue to a fine green at the horizon but how large the sun appears just as it sets i think it appears twice as big as when it is overhead it does so and you may probably have observed the same apparent enlargement of the moon at its rising i have but pray what is the reason of this it is an optical deception depending upon principles which i cannot well explain to you till you know more of that branch of science but what a number of new ideas this afternoon's walk has afforded you i do not wonder that you found it amusing it has been very instructive too did you see nothing of all these sights robert i saw some of them but i did not take particular notice of them why not i don't know i did not care about them and i made the best of my way home that would have been right if you had been sent of a message but as you only walked for amusement it would have been wiser to have sought out as many sources of it as possible but so it is one man walks through the world with his eyes open and another with them shut and upon this difference depends all the superiority of knowledge the one acquires above the other i have known sailors who had been in all quarters of the world and could tell you nothing but the signs of the tippling houses they frequented in different ports and the price and quality of the liquor on the other hand a franklin could not cross the channel without making some observation useful to mankind while many a vacant thoughtless youth is whirled throughout europe without gaining a single idea worth crossing a street for the observing eye and inquiring mind 
find matter of improvement and delight in every ramble in town or country do you then william continue to make use of your eyes and you robert learn that eyes were given you to use end of section fifty two